Hi everybody, hope you're doing well. It is January the 10th, 2010. Look at that, a nice binary date. 011010. So I hope you're doing very well. And I hope you had uh, a very happy and wonderful start to your decade. And I am sitting on a balcony in Manzanillo, Mexico, where we have, we have come for an intermittently exhausting <laughs> vacation with the baby cakes, uh, who has been sleeping uh, somewhat lately, although she's having a great time on the beach. And Daddy has enjoyed his two and a half hours of volleyball every day so it's been it's been very very nice and very relaxing and uh, soon i guess we leave tomorrow back to work and actually i'm glad to be leaving because it's uh it's uh it's great fun with a baby but it's uh it's a lot of work and uh so it'll be nice to get back to something more regular and uh so anyway this is uh, some of the thoughts that i've had on vacation uh, it's interesting you know i did this sort of review of the movie avatar and in that review I talked about this noble, simple, happy, savage idea that has been around from Rousseau and, in fact, even before. I mean, the whole root of the story of Genesis is these happy simpletons, Adam and Eve, before they had the knowledge of good and evil, where they, I guess, flounced around the forest, not caring what wobbly bits dangled and thrashed about. And uh, I just uh, think, or I've seen it in so many contexts, this idea of the noble savage, the primitive savage, the happy savage. And we've been getting up. Uh, I guess that was the first day Isabella woke up at 4.30 and I, I took her down and fortunately they were setting up for breakfast at around 5 and they let us lurk around and have some, I had a coffee and um, chatted a little bit with the white staff who were setting up for the breakfast. And I mean, they would seem quite, quite peppy and, uh, and happy uh, and positive. And of course, Isabella brings out the best in most people. Although it's a bit of a startling culture towards children, most of the locals who've wanted to interact with Isabella have been sort of clapped hands in her face or, you know, pinched her, or not hard, right, but sort of blah, blah in her face kind of thing, which is quite different from, um, uh, quite different from North America. But so we're chatting with the waitstaff in the morning and I thought it was interesting because, you know, everybody's life is complicated and everybody else's life looks relatively simple. And that, I think, is, is a very interesting phenomenon. And I think it's particularly true when it comes to the ruling classes and the working classes. <laughs> you know, my life is, is complicated and challenging and all kinds of exciting. And yet, I look at these guys who are, you know, setting up the buffet at five in the morning. And you think, well, you know, they wake up, they obviously early, they come to work, they do their work, they go home, they spend time with their family, they maybe watch some TV and they go to bed, they get up and they do it again. And there's this belief that it's a simpler life, it's a better life. And part of it, I think, is born of a little bit of guilt. And I find it hard not to feel guilty when enjoying the spoils of a first world existence and then coming to uh, Mexico is not exactly the third world, but it's not exactly North America either. And thinking about the lives that these people ha have. And when you stay at resorts, if you talk to people honestly, as I generally do, they're not always, it's hard to just avoid getting that glimpse of their life. They're getting up at three or four in the morning and working 12 hour days or longer coming home exhausted, you know, taking the bus in, and you know, that if you had to live even like two or three days of that life, you'd just be like, oh man, this is not simple and uncomplicated, this is brutal and exhausting. And I mean, you can get used to just about anything in life, but it's not something that people should have to get used to. And that I think is something that's interesting, it's hard not to feel that sense of guilt. And I think rather than process that sense of guilt about having people wait on you because their circumstances happen to be much rougher in terms of having a more brutal and overbearing and dictatorial and predatory state. As a guy who toured me through Chichen Itza 20 years ago said, 20, 20 years ago, a little 20 years ago, he said the government is just a, a group of banditos. And he was quite clear about that. Uh, and I mean, if you've seen Weeds, uh, the, the guy who the, um, the woman uh, has the kid with, I, it's a, a criminal. And that's just quite, quite common. I think in Mexican politics, though, I've seen politics everywhere. It's more obvious in Mexican politics. 
And so why is there some 43-year-old guy getting up at four in the morning to bring me a coffee? Um, and why am I the guy getting the coffee? Well, I mean, some of it has to do with, with hard work, but uh, a lot of it has to do with the circumstances that you're, you're born into. And uh, I was born into a circumstance where I could make the life that I have from my beginnings. Uh, that's possible. I think that's much harder here. And so the barrier to entry for the middle class is much higher. And that is, uh, that's a very sad thing. It's, a, it's hard not to feel a little bit of guilt, if not more than a little bit. And so I think what people do is they say, well, I'm going to ignore my guilt. And instead, I'm going to picture that these people have these simple, happy lives. Like the guy who was driving us in from the airport. Uh, there was a bus and there was a guy, you know, hey, you know, the typical Mexican, too loud, party, energetic, false self, intrusive stuff, you know, corona, you know, that kind of stuff. And uh, he was saying, you know, you'll be perfectly safe in town. Basically, the, the locals are very happy and friendly, very happy and friendly. And that's something that's talked about a lot here, that the locals are very happy and friendly. And, of course, everyone on the beach and everyone who's serving you and everybody who's trying to sell you your outings and all that, they're all very happy and friendly. And it's easy to take that at, at face value and say, well, their lives are simple. And if I had that simple, quote, simple life, I would be happy and friendly as well. But, of course, you'll notice that not a lot of people are actually quitting their high-stress North American lives to come down and be waiters at a resort in, in Mexico, right? So it's just something you tell yourself that they have these happy, simple, better lives in many ways. You just tell yourself that to avoid the guilt. And this projection of, well, this, this transubstantiation in the sense of guilt into envy, into admiration uh, of the simple, happy life of the local bronze worker, uh, that I think is, is quite sad. I mean, the reality is that, that we paid hundreds of dollars in taxes just to come down here. And if we hadn't had to pay all of that money, the resort would have been able to raise its prices because we are willing to pay this. And the resort would have been able to, wait, to raise its prices and give these people more, more money. And the, right, the money goes to the government for uh, its predations rather than to the workers for their hard work. And I think that's really sad. That's uh, quite tragic. And I've, I've really tried to sort of stay with the guilt rather than imagine that these people have this happy life. But then... If I had to live their life for a day or two, just being like, blow my own brains out. I mean, I did live that life when I was younger. I mean, I had three jobs at times and put myself through school to a large degree and uh, all of that. But that was in order to achieve something. It wasn't this grind repetition. Now, when I was a, uh, I guess when I was about, from about the age of 14 to 17, I had usually two to three jobs. Like as a waiter, I cleaned offices at night and did other things uh, to, I worked in a daycare to keep, to keep ends together, make ends meet. But that's when I was a teenager, and that was, you know, knowing that I was going to go to university and knowing that I was going to go on with my life. Uh, this is not the same for people here. And I've known professional waiters. When I was a waiter in Toronto, I knew people who were in their 40s or 50s, and that's what they did if they were waiters. And uh, that, to me, is a little bit different. I mean, that's just more more choice in North America. And if you choose to be a waiter, that's fine. But here, I don't think that's the same kind of choice. And it really is quite tragic. And it is the dark side, of course, of the sunny skies. Uh, not much they can do about it. Um, it's not like the, their lives would be better if nobody came to a resort, right? They'd just be out of work. So uh, at least some of our money does trickle down to them, which I guess is good. And uh, I'm content that I'm doing the best that I can to make people's lives better uh, in the present and in the future. But uh, it, is, uh, it is something that I think is important to remember and to recognize that the sort of the simple life of the downtrodden is not something to be envied. And, and everybody knows that, right? Everybody knows that. So I'm sure the people uh, who are, you know, Mexican, uh, the, the wealthy Mexicans come here and say, oh, you know, the simple life of the cabana boy, I envy it and, you know, all that kind of stuff. The simple life of family and religion and work. And so they believe in a sense that people are choosing this simple and happier life. And of course, they know deep down that it's not true. Because uh, if they were to open up the opportunities, remove the barriers, trade, remove the taxes, uh, remove the tariffs and, and uh, the uh, immense amount of red tape that it takes to start a business and compete in Mexico and in South America, 
what was it? I think it was in Peru. It takes like two years to start a business and hundreds of forms and bribes and all that sort of stuff. And so they say, oh, well, these people have these simple, happy lives. That's what the ruling classes say. So you know, content, and it's the way they deal with their guilt, or rather avoid their guilt. But the reality is that they know that these people do not have simple, happy lives, because they knew that if they lifted the restrictions upon these people, that they would probably do something different, something more adventurous, something greater, something deeper, something richer, and compete with the ruling classes. So the ruling classes are like, oh, these simple, happy people. But they know deep down that is not the case, because when you talk about removing restrictions on the potentials for these people, everybody says, no way, no way, no way. And so I just wanted to sort of mention that as something I was thinking about, uh, not to try and bum you out. If you go on one of these holidays, I just think it's something to remember and to recognize.